So father, five children came home with a toy, called his children together, asked which of them should be given the present. Who's the most obedient one here? Who never talks back to mom and does everything the mom says to do, he asked. A few seconds of silence, all the kids said in one voice, you play with it, dad. <laughs> Live wires. We'll see you later. Let's hear for our children as they leave. Yeah. I hope you'll give me a few moments today to share God's word with you. And uh, you'll be out in time to have your Father's Day celebration today, all right? Just turn to your neighbor and say, give the pastor a few moments. Yeah. So Dennis Rainey, who's the president of Family Life, was driving home at the end of one particularly long day, looking forward to relaxing, and his plans came to a halt when he turned on the radio and heard someone say, I hope you did something of value today. You wasted a whole day if you didn't. Realizing the most important work of his day was yet to be done, 10 minutes later he turned into his driveway. Six pairs of eyes soon surrounded his car with shouts of, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. He says, I did my best that night and on the many nights that followed while my kids were growing up to leave with God's help a legacy that counts, a legacy that will outlive me. Amen. And isn't that what, what all of us want? I, uh, these past five weeks have been a different season in our lives. I began to reflect on some things about our children and, and uh, how Christy and I raised them and feel completely blessed right now with the choices that we made and that I made as a father in training and teaching them. We're reaping the benefits of that today. Um, because when you raise kids right and you do things the way God says to do it, you never regret that. And if they hang around you the rest of your life, you'll want them to be raised right. <laughs> I remember the day I was a youth pastor, associate pastor, music pastor, co-pastor, um, and my life was pretty much spinning out of control because of, of the tasks that I had. And, and it was ministry, so it was fine, right? And Christy sat me down and she looked at me and she said, the boys and I are done. So you can have your ministry if you want, but we're leaving. She said, if something doesn't change, you won't have a ministry when we leave you. And I'll never forget that wake-up call in my life that, that shook things up pretty strong. I thank God today that she helped me get some priorities in line. According to God's word, I was out of, out of control. And I was a workaholic. And, uh, but God began to do a work in me, and I, I praise him today. And I'm so thankful that, that I had a loving wife that cared enough to speak the truth. It's, it's great to have you back, baby. Great to have my ministry partner back with me. Uh, I missed you. 
Well, I haven't really missed you because we've been hanging out quite a bit lately. But uh, I've missed you being here. And uh, I'm not sure dads understand the power that they have in a child's life. I want you to watch Chuck Farneth here. He speaks to that. Got a phone call when we were just about ready to come in 94, we we're just about ready to come to Little Rock that my grandfather passed away in Denver. So we all traveled to Denver, Colorado. I say we all, my dad, his brother, my sister and myself, there were four of us that traveled in a car to Denver to view my grandfather's funeral. There was a period there where everybody was kind of gathered around and my dad just stepped back and everybody stepped away from the casket and he went up by himself and I'm like, What's he doing? He stayed there for a long time by himself. And we drove back from Denver to Pittsburgh and he talked almost the whole time. Traveling to Denver, he never said a word. He was just going through his whole life and he didn't recall a lot of the things that took place. So we're going back and he's talking about the past and we get into the driveway. We're staying with Sherry's uh, folks, my in-laws. He said something to me he had never told me. Now, I'm 38 years old at this point. And he said, I love you, son. It's like, where'd that come from? And then it dawned on me. He was watching his dad in a casket, he had passed away, and he had never heard those three words. And God just said, you need to tell him. So immediately, I'm at writing this tribute up because now I have a different understanding and appreciation for who he was. So it was around Christmas that I finished the tribute and we had the whole family around and I had a chance to read it to him. I didn't think I'd ever get through it. When we were finished, he was so emotional and he said something that really affirmed what I was believing. He said, nobody else would have ever done that for me. He heard what he needed to hear, that I loved him and I was proud of him for allowing me the opportunity to have my own family. Because you see, I was that illegitimate child that they could have easily given me up. And I thanked him for being a hero. That's a tough thing to go through as a young man because you want to look up to your dad. And I don't think there's a man out there today that understands how much power they have in a child's life. That's our goal as fathers, men, even women, to make an impact, do something of true value, to leave a legacy that counts. I guess sometimes we ask the question, how do we do that? Even if you're not a father, there's a challenge here. And, and we've talked about the ultimate man experience, the ultimate man challenge. Uh, you know, for the last many years, all these shows on television, Survivor, Amazing Race, everybody wants a challenge, right? My favorite right now is American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I love that show. And 
you know, there's the Ironman triathlon. There's all kinds of sav there's all kinds of things, and everybody's wanting a challenge. Everybody's wanting to 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 say I can do something that nobody else can. Well, let me give you the ultimate challenge today. Are you ready for it? It's it's not real big on the front end, you think, but it's a long-term challenge. It's more than a marathon. It's a life-a-thon. Okay? It's found in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. I'm convinced the ultimate man experience, the ultimate Man challenge, the ultimate person challenge is simply to follow Jesus. Yeah. It's one of the scariest, most challenging, yet rewarding thing you will ever do in your life. Matthew 4, 18, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. They were throwing a net into the water for they... Fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. He just threw the challenge out there. And what did they do? They left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. They had no idea what their lives would hold from that point forward, but it became the greatest adventure they could ever have imagined. The Bible says the people who know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits. Once you know God and once you follow him, your life will never be the same again. I was born in Fredonia, Kansas. How many have ever been to Fredonia? Yeah, nobody. <laughs> Unless you're passing through and you have to go through that little town. They've now done a bypass around Fredonia. You don't even have to go into Fredonia anymore. It's like, why bother? Born in Fredonia, moved to Cherryvale, Kansas. Anybody ever been to Cherryvale? I was up until the age of five, and then we moved to Wichita, Kansas, and I thought Wichita was the end of the world. I thought that's where I would spend the rest of my life. But at some point in there, I said yes to Jesus. I said, God, I'll follow you wherever you lead me. I'll do whatever you say. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And that choice, that decision to follow Jesus wrecked my life in great ways and in some of the most excruciating, scary ways. I've been all over the world. I've done mighty exploits for God because I know him, because he's called me and I said, yes. Now, you may not, you, you may not think, well, that, that just doesn't sound much like a challenge. Then you haven't taken it yet. Because if you follow Jesus, he never leads the way you think he should. 
Dave Adamson says, when I first started following God, I thought faith was an intellectual decision. I knew there was a God, so therefore I had faith. But the Hebrew word for faith, emunah, is less about knowing and more about doing. Emunah literally means to take firm action. So to have faith is to act. It's kind of like a staircase. You may intellectually know the stairs go up to the next level, but until you climb the stairs, you won't experience the next level. Come on. What you do is more important than what you know. Don't just believe in the stairs. Climb the stairs. And I would say today, don't just believe in Jesus. Follow Jesus. He'll take you on the ride of your life. He'll show you things, take you places, give you adventure like you've never dreamed of. But it may not be like what you're thinking. Matthew 16, verse 21, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. He would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. How'd you like for Jesus to call you Satan? <laughs> you are a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. And Jesus said to his disciples, if any, any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And you got to say here, perspective is paramount. We've got to train ourselves to see things from God's perspective. And here's the problem. In our life, sometimes we get caught in just seeing this slice. This 70 to 80 years, when in comparison to eternity, is just a blip on the screen. And so we focus everything on what we can see. And Jesus said, you're not seeing correctly. You, you are a dangerous trap to me because you're only seeing things in a human perspective. You got to see what God sees. When we see things merely from a human point of view, we have on Satan's blinders. Come on. Dads, we all want to be heroes, don't we? A hero is someone who's willing to lay their life down for someone else. Philippians chapter 2, Paul the Apostle writes to the Philippians, verse 3, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others better th as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges 
He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being, and when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. But I love verse 9, therefore, because of all of that, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, when you humble yourself, when you do what God asks you to do, when you see things clearly with eternity in view, you realize there's something more coming. There's something more coming. This isn't all there is. We've got to set our sights beyond the here and now. We've got to focus on the eternal. Paul goes on in Philippians verse, chapter 3, verse 13. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. There's something coming after this life, folks. You know it. There's something inside of you that knows that. And so we've got to turn our attention, guys. We've got to turn our attention, ladies, on what is eternal. Because this 70, 80, even 100, 120 years is just a blip on the screen. We've got to establish good habits in our lives to achieve the best results. In the juggling act, Pat Geisinger, Gelsinger, a CTO of Intel at the time, he wrote this. How refreshing to come to the throne of the Father and be united with him in prayer and study of his word. I've not sat down and kept statistics for good versus bad days, but I can assert with confidence that I handle the rough days and situations so much better if I've been in the word and prepared myself for the day with my God and Father. He says, how different a countenance I carry on those days when I've been to the throne room. My attitude's better, my patience more robust, my tongue more careful, my discernment greater, and my patience increased. This is especially true when I realize my real employer is not Intel, but rather my heavenly Lord and Father. He goes on to say, President of Intel, Andy Grove, challenged me to daily read the Wall Street Journal. He says, I made it a habit, and over the 20 years since, since then, I've read it more than 75% of the time. I started to see, though, that on occasion, I would get in my Wall Street Journal time without getting in my Bible time. From this, I committed to never read the journal prior to finishing my daily devotional time. I'll read God's Bible before reading the businessman's Bible. This has created a natural reminder for me. He says, maybe you make a commitment to God that his word and prayer come before coffee or breakfast in the morning. For those of us who love that morning cup of java, we'd not miss daily devotions very often. He said, or maybe you'll decide to talk to God before you make your first work phone call of the day. Or perhaps your thought will be that you feed your spirit before feeding your body each day. Maybe that you will exercise your spiritual muscles before exercising your physical ones at the gym. If you're a night person, you might choose to lay your life before the Father before laying your body down to rest. Do whatever it takes to keep your spirit fed 
and strong because someone's counting on you. We've got to focus. We've got to focus. Look beyond what I can see and see what I, my eyes can't see. Rick Warren reminds us to make the best use of your life, you must never forget two truths. First, compared with eternity, life is extremely brief. Second, earth is only a temporary residence. You won't be here long, so don't get too attached. Ask God to help you see life on earth as he sees it. David prayed, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I am here for but a moment more. Repeatedly, the Bible compares life on earth to temporary living in a foreign country. This is not your permanent home or final destination. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not home yet. Come on. You're just passing through, just visiting earth. The Bible uses terms like alien. Hello, aliens. <laughs> Pilgrim, stranger, foreigner, visitor, traveler to, to describe our brief stay on earth. David said, I'm but a foreigner here on earth. And Peter exclaimed, if you call God your father, live your time as temporary residence on earth. And then Rick says, in order to keep us from becoming too attached to earth, God allows us to feel a significant amount of discontent and dissatisfaction in life. Longings that will never be fulfilled on this side of eternity. We're not completely happy here because we're not supposed to be. This isn't our home. We don't belong here. Earth is not our final home. We were created for something much better. A fish would never be happy living on land because it was made for the water. An eagle could never feel satisfied if it wasn't allowed to fly. And you'll never feel completely satisfied on earth because you were made for more. Tell your neighbor, you were made for more. You'll have happy moments here, but nothing compared with what God has planned for you. Never focus on temporary crowns. Never focus on temporary crowns. An old story is often told of a retiring missionary coming home to America on the same boat as the President of the United States. Cheering crowds, military band, red carpet, banners, the media all welcomed the President home. But the missionary slipped off the ship unnoticed. Feeling self-pity and resentment, he began complaining to God. Then God gently reminded him, Child, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. You'll not be in heaven two seconds before you cry out, Why did I place so much importance on things that were so temporary? What was I thinking? Why did I waste so much time and energy and concern on what wasn't going to last? When life gets tough, when you're overwhelmed with doubt, or when you wonder if living for Christ is worth the effort, remember, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. At death, you won't leave home. You'll go home. See, we get it all mixed up. We think, this is it. This is the big deal. This is it. If I can just get more, have more, experience more, and God's like, no, you're just preparing for what's coming. Prepare well. 
Take as many people with you as you can. Get your eyes focused on what is true, on what is coming. So Jesus says, follow me, and I'll make you something you never dreamed you'd be. In our Life Journal reading on Friday, I don't know if you read it with me, but Colossians chapter 3 just jumped out at me. Verse 1 says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Because heaven is more real than that which you can touch and, and feel here. I know that's hard to get in your mind and hard to comprehend. But everything you see, everything you can feel and touch will be burned up. This is all going away. It's all going away. But there's a new heaven and a new earth. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get to experience the realities of heaven forever. Come on now. And so he says, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. You see, Jesus understood this isn't all there is. And so for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For that which was to come, he said, I'll, I'll endure this for the moment. Because I got something much better coming. And he has now sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 2, Paul says to the Colossians, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, you will share in all his glory. And in my life journal, I just wrote down, recalibrate my sight, oh God. Help me to, to take off Satan's blinders. Help me to see what only you can see. You know about our dogs, Sullivan and Murphy. And... Uh, I have the privilege of walking them now. Actually, Christy started walking again. But um, Sullivan gets so rabbits. Rabbits drive him crazy. And our neighborhood is filled with rabbits. And so as he's walking... And, when he gets so in a frenzy and, and going after something, he gets so focused and he misses out on everything else. And as one of these episodes, moments happened this week, I, I just thought, Lord, I don't want to be like Sullivan. I don't, I don't want to miss out on what you have for me going after a stupid rabbit. 
And I got to say, there's a lot of stupid rabbits in my life that, that can grab my attention and, and make me go frantic, trying to get there, trying to do something, trying to be that. And God's like, you're missing out. You're missing out. Hey, hey, hang on. Get your focus back. So I'm praying that for you as well on this Father's Day. That God would recalibrate our, our senses. We begin to see the realities of heaven greater than this earth. Because what we see here is not all there's going to be. And someday, when you look back, you'll be glad you set your sights beyond the here and now. I want every dad in the place to stand. I want to pray for you today. Gentlemen, you hold a high responsibility. It's an honor and a privilege and yet a great responsibility to be a man after God's own heart. May God anoint you and give you all that you need. May he recalibrate your sight so you can see beyond the here and now, beyond the daily grind, beyond what needs to be done next. Pray with me. And if you're around one of these fathers, would you just lay your hand on their shoulder and let's just pray for them today. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Father's Day that comes around every year that reminds us that we have a heavenly Father who cares about us more than anyone else. And Father God, you love us and, and we honor you today with all that we are. And today, Lord, I just pray for every father in this room that you would lay your hand upon them, anoint them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Place your hand on their shoulder, Lord. Let them know that you are with them. Let them know that you love them. Let them know, Lord, that you will guide them if they'll just ask. Let them know, Lord, that you have big plans for them. And if they'll just follow you, if they'll just follow you, it'll be the greatest adventure of their lives. Bless them indeed, I pray. Pour out your strength in their life. Give them strength and courage to do the right thing. To speak up when no one else is. Give them the wisdom, Lord, to know how to lead. How to speak life. How to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you've placed on their life. May your blessings and favor rest upon them both now and forevermore. Guide them and guard them as they set the standard and the pace for those who are coming after them. Anoint us, Lord, how we need you. Now shall we all stand together.
If you feel comfortable, take somebody by the hand and let's just pray one for another. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for that one on my right and left and ask you, Lord God Almighty, to bless them indeed. Recalibrate their eyes. Help them to see beyond the here and now. Help them to see eternity. Give them God focus. Lord, someday we will stand before you. We'll see you face to face. And then all of the striving here on earth will be gone and we'll receive our eternal reward. Some to life eternal, some to death eternal. Lord Jesus, we want to be in the life eternal group. And so we give ourselves to you today. We lay down our sin and we say, Jesus, be the Lord of our lives. Cleanse us. Help us to walk with you. Help us as we follow you all the days of our life. Take us on the greatest adventure we've ever been on, Lord. And may we with, with abandon like, like Peter and John and Andrew just leave our nets and follow you. Leave that which we're comfortable with and follow you. Lord, whatever that means, we, some of us, we're not going to leave our job, but we just want to follow you with abandon. We want to become fishers of men. So anoint your people, I pray. Let this Father's Day be a turnaround moment as we say yes to you, Jesus. Now would you lift your hands and just talk to him for a moment. Just say yes, Lord. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. I say yes to you, Jesus. With everything I am, I want to follow you, Jesus. Whatever you say, I'll do. Wherever you say, I'll go. Just guide me by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Awesome God. Awesome God. Amen. Amen. Don't be so distracted that you miss out on the good stuff. God has great things for you. Follow him. Have a blessed Father's Day. I'll see you next Sunday. Give somebody a high.